0: the Parenting Balance podcast. My name is Kelly Williams. I'm a licensed clinical social worker and an ADHD
1: parenting expert by experience. I'm here with my partner. Hi, I'm Teresa Van Pelt. I'm a licensed mental health counselor and anxiety parenting expert by experience. And for the past 10 years, Kelly and I have had a family practice in Florida. This podcast is for parents who want to really understand what's going on with ADHD and anxiety So you can ditch the chaos and feel confident and happy again. Hi, this is Teresa. I'm here with Kelly. This episode is full of useful information about treating ADHD with medication, including a concern I hear often about stimulants being addictive. The information in this episode should not be considered medical advice. We are not prescribers. This information is based on our personal and professional experiences. So look, Kelly, this is a question I get often or a concern I get often when it comes to medication, medicating kids for ADHD. Mm-hmm. I, a lot of families say, listen, I don't want my kid on a stimulant. We have a history of addiction in my family. And I don't want my kid to be addicted. Yes, I know.
0: I hear that a lot too. And it's um, it's hard to understand, right? It's hard to like just give a simple explanation. But, you know, early on in this podcast, we talked about how ADHD is not a deficit of attention. What it really is, is a deficit of regulation, okay? And addiction is what happens when people are dysregulated, so when I um, when I'm working with families and they tell me they have this history of addiction, you know, I say to them, "Well, what you really have is a history of ADHD."
1: Right. You have a history. That's a red flag for me of untreated ADHD. And I dig deeper because a lot of times, people who in the family who have addictions, it's there. A lot of times, untreated ADHD, or it, it appears
0: is. to be there. Th- that's how they're coping with right the ups and downs, the strong intensity, these emotional symptoms that we've already talked about that are not in the current diagnostic criteria. But not only that, you know, it's also how, remember the article about the 500 times more corrective feedback, right? Right. What happens to your sense of self when you've lived an entire life of not ever feeling good enough, you know? Um, So, you know, yes. Yes. Uh, addiction is an outcome of untreated ADHD, and thereby taking a stimulant medication is actually a protection from becoming addicted. There's actually research oh, to support yes. this. And oh, big And this is
1: something that I think is not known by a lot of it's, people. I don't think it's mainstream, yeah. And I think it is, like,
0: counterintuitive. Right. You know, because we've got... It's a controlled substance. It's a stimulant. Hey, there's that word, right? Right. So let's talk for a minute about what is a stimulant stimulating in a non-neurotypical brain. So in one of the episodes, we kind of talked about, we touched on this idea of the neurotransmitters, okay? And that the neurotransmitter dopamine is weak in a non-neurotypical brain. Now, this is important because... Dopamine is our reward neurotransmitter. And in general, for humans, our bodies are designed to kind of always be sort of seeking out homeostasis, you know? So that's like equilibrium. And your brain wants to be engaged. It wants to be interested. It wants to be thinking about, right? That's what it does. It's like thinking. <laughs> it's Our brains are what makes meaning of everything that's going on for us humans. And so the brain is always seeking out like optimal stimulation. I'm not sure if this is coming across, you know, if this makes sense to you, but when there isn't, when things don't feel interesting to us, we're going to find
1: something that is. Correct. There's something that I need to, to say also, and it's kind of an aside, that one of the questions that a prescriber will ask is probably not the six-year-old, but other people, have you ever tried cocaine? And what was your reaction? Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. A lot of times people who have non-neurotypical brains have the opposite reaction. Oh, well, that is actually, you know, the only
0: actual way to confirm this diagnosis is to see what the reaction to a stimulant is. Right. That is the only 100% (laughs) test that we have. Well, I'm going to say it's 80% because only 80% of people will respond to a stimulant. But... Um, that is actually our most accurate assessment, um, way to know is what happens when you take a stimulant and you are correct. Um, taking the stimulant has a calming effect when there isn't enough dopamine in the synapse. Okay. When there is enough dopamine in the synapse, then it has an activating effect. And that's the difference. So lots of people do cocaine because it makes them um, activated. I can't even... Motivated, activated. (laughs) Yeah, it makes them feel good, like energized, all that stuff. Follow through with things. But if you are normalizing your dopamine function, okay, if, if your dopamine is below the threshold and it's brought up to normal... It's not an activating feeling. It's like, oh, a normal feeling. Oh, this is what everybody's talking about, right? So um,
1: that's a really good question. Yeah. There's something um, I know we talked about, uh, we were talking about the addictive tendency or whatever, but something that I see often with teenagers is if they're untreated, they tend to gravitate more towards marijuana and they really enjoy it because it calms them. It kind of makes them feel normal. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not educated enough on this
0: from a practice, you know, like I can't explain why that is. I can absolutely. I don't think there's enough research right now. Right. At least that I know of. I know that marijuana slows down beta waves. Do you remember early on, and we were saying like it wouldn't it be great if we <laughs> yes. had a deficit of attention, right? Um, I think marijuana like slows down how you think, maybe, mm-hmm. and so. But yeah, I'll absolutely say that in the in practice, every adult I've ever met. Mostly males, right? Untreated adults—they are using marijuana on a regular basis as a treatment mechanism, either to induce sleep or to get going in the morning, or you know, right? Like so, we see these kind of classic patterns. And so, um, so how does all this, right? So we wanted to kind of talk about today stimulants, addiction, and other medication-related topics. So let me just do a quick little overview about um, stimulant medications. Um, There are two classes of stimulant medications. One is amphetamine. One is methylphenidate. In general, humans with ADHD will respond better to one class or the other. There is no way to know which one will suit you better unless you try them both to find out. Okay? And... Stimulants are not like other medicines in that they aren't based on body size and weight, uh, but rather they are um, based on sort of metabolism, okay? And when we're talking about ADHD, one of the symptoms, of course, is hypercognition. So that's a brain that is thinking very, very fast, and that's a high brain metabolism, So even though, like let's take my own son, for example, he's six years old at the time that we go to see the neurologist and mind you, I had to wait all these months for this (laughs) appointment and I did all this research, That would have made me crazy. Oh yeah. (laughs) Um, And the neurologist takes one look at him and says, my God, he's the most hyper child I've seen in six months. How have you been dealing with this? You know?
1: So I couldn't decide if I was just going to know like, in my mind. I'm like, I don't know whether you're happy about that. Like, yeah. there's nothing wrong with me or devastated. Yeah, I was devastated. Right.
0: You know, it was it was a mix. It was like relief. And, you know, I could have, you know, like laid the guy out. Right.
1: <laughs> and the teacher and everyone
0: else. Yeah. yeah. You know, but again, you don't know what you don't know. Right. Exactly. He's my first one. Wait till you hear the story about how my daughter got a medicine. That one's even funnier. But we're talking about stimulants here, okay? And so, um, so even though he's a little boy, and um, you know, it doesn't like the number of milligrams, right, of the stimulant. Has to match the hyperness. Not his weight. Not his
1: weight, not his size, you know, all that. I think it's scary for parents or for people sometimes when they look at the dosage and they're like, my uncle only takes... Exactly. 10 milligrams of Adderall or
0: whatever. Exactly. A totally big source of like misunderstanding about the medicine, all right? And lots of parents come to me and they go, oh... He's on a stimulant, but it's just a tiny little bit, right? Like, because that's going to work better. I mean, that's sort of
1: like going to the eye doctor and being like, okay. I don't need the full prescription, just yeah. a little bit. <laughs> because I just, I want it to be blurry still, but not exactly. as blurry
0: as it was. Yeah, I don't want, you, you, it, exactly. I mean, there's just no other way to say it. And I'm not laughing at parents. I'm, no, but I'm it's, not, And to see it in this way. Yeah. To be able to look through. And there's plenty of doctors, there's plenty of pediatricians, there's plenty of people who don't specialize in this, who I personally have consulted with on behalf of my families. And the prescriber thinks these same things. Okay. So here's why. um, So that's kind of why I'm chuckling is because we've really got to understand. And you know who's my favorite person who writes about this and who teaches about this? Um, William Dodson, this wonderful uh, man who used to be, he was a pediatrician. And then I think he went back and did psychiatry. And then he started this clinic in Colorado only for ADHD. Um, He is wonderful in talking about what medications mean, how to adjust Uh, He calls it optimizing medications. He invented a term that he calls rejection-sensitive dysphoria, which kind of addresses some of these mood symptoms that we've talked about that are not even yet in our uh, diagnostic and statistical manual. So... um, if you want more information from a prescriber, look up William Dodson on the internet and he's a frequent contributor to Attitude Magazine. That's com. a great magazine too, it by is. the way. A D D I T U D E So mag. cute. Love yeah. it. Yeah. Attitude Mag. Attitude Mag is like a um clearinghouse, I think, of a lot of information about a lot of up up-to-date information about
1: adhd for our practice that's the only magazine that we subscribe to yeah i mean no one reads magazines anyway but that one's super helpful it is super helpful and it disappears from the lobby all the time it (laughs) does and that shows how good it is a great resource
0: (laughs) it's a great resource all right so um here's your takeaway for today okay Um, Even though it feels counterintuitive to give your child a controlled substance that is called a stimulant, um, the effect of the medicine is to uh, normalize dopamine function and thereby actually calm behavior. Um, So stimulants are actually activating a back part of the brain. When I talk to kids about this, I just call it the back and the front, okay? So the stimulant medications, they activate the back part of the brain, and because that part of the brain is activated, then the brain can reach kind of that homeostasis, and it isn't seeking out additional stimulation so the result is you know the back part gets activated and all of a sudden the teacher
1: becomes interesting enough to listen to so the kids not like what i did when i was a kid talking to the person next to me oh yeah and anything doodling, other than the teacher yeah right. Yeah,
0: exactly daydreaming so when we activate that back part of the brain it levels out everything in the brain so that then the, then it's, then the teacher's okay. When we don't activate the back part, the brain is out of homeostasis and it starts seeking out more interesting things, right? Because remember all the, the brain isn't prioritizing the stimulation well when the dopamine isn't normalized. So it doesn't, it's like it doesn't know what's important to attend to. And so then it starts going around, you know, looking for other things. Uh, anyway, so that's how I explain that. Now, um, that's how stimulant medicines work. There are also non stimulant medicines, and what they do is they activate the front part of the brain. And this is especially important as kids get older because the front part of the brain is where our executive functions are housed. And we sort of talked about how those are the, you know, the connecting the dots sort of a skills that kids need, and they absolutely need more independence with those as they get older. So as our kids get older, we want to usually combine a stimulant with a non-stimulant as they get older. All right. So your takeaway for today, did I already say that part? You did, but is it can <laughs> to say it again. Is that if your child has ADHD, <laughs> treating their symptoms with stimulants is a protective
1: factor against future addiction, period. That's a wrap for today. I hope you join us next time when we talk about what balance looks like when you live with ADHD.
0: If getting the kids up and out the door on time in the morning seems more difficult than it should be, then I have something that can help jump on over to parentingbalance.com slash guide to download your free guide to Mastering Morning Madness. That's parentingbalance.com slash guide so you can ditch the morning chaos for good. Thank you so much for listening to the Parenting Balance podcast. And until next time, remember, different isn't wrong.